Hi everyone, I'm Harvey. Welcome to A11 Crypto, the show where I talk with visionary founders and savvy investors to de-risk potentials and explore opportunities. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome Michael and Francesco from Superfluid Finance. Hi, Mike. Hi, Francesco. Great to have you guys here. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to be hey, here. Hi. Uh, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the project, uh, which I'm very excited about, uh, would you mind just telling us a bit more about yourself? Uh, what is your background and how did you get into blockchain? Yeah, um, okay, so I always have been fascinated with engineering. Uh, started my career as an engineer early on and then I went closer and closer to the business side of things. And um, if there was one thing that was fascinating me was entrepreneurs and the startups that would scale internationally. So I did a couple of documentaries across Europe about startups and also Silicon Valley. And that got me close to a lot of founders and investors that show me you know, how it's really done. Um, so I then ended up uh, building a robotics bar company as part of a small team that is now uh, scaled to more than 60 people, which uh, was an extremely good experience for me in terms of growth and scaling startups. And then I switched a bit more on the investor side, uh, analyzing tech trends and uh, market trends. And that's when I moved to London in 2015 and I stumbled upon the thing called Ethereum, uh, which was extremely fascinating, especially because of this kind of global database that can program logic and execute it. So I dove down deeper into the rabbit hole of blockchain, um, started writing a little bit, started educating myself on Ethereum, and then going to a few conferences. That's um, one of them was uh, Berlin Blockchain Week, uh, where I actually met Francesco and Miao, and we started bouncing ideas off each other, and eventually started working together into what has now evolved into Superfluid. So. That was a, quite a journey, but um, extremely insightful and refreshing for me. Uh, so on my end, I've been a long, term, long time uh, uh, open source aficionado. I started using Linux as my primary operating system when I was about 15. Uh, since then, always been you know very, very, very interested in tech. Unfortunately, uh, life took me elsewhere. <laughs> so when I was 18, I opened a, a local business, which was not tech related at all. Worked on that for about five years, uh, so I've got a bit of entrepreneurial skills from that. Eventually started working in marketing, and then in 2017, I actually uh, moved to Estonia. And in Estonia, I found uh, what I've what I always wanted, right? This uh, incredible energy around uh, technology and startups, and I started going to meetups here. And that's when I stumbled upon uh, the blockchain space, which somehow I'd managed to completely ignore it until then. And that's also where I met our current uh, CTO, so our third co-founder, Miao Jichen, who is, uh, has been living here in Estonia for ages, uh, worked for Skype, worked for Twilio, worked for Microsoft, and at that time had just left his job to start uh, working on his own on blockchain technology. So we started working together. We worked together for two years doing blockchain consulting. And then uh, we started building some proof of concepts in the DeFi space. Uh, we won a few hackathons in 2019. And that's more or less when we started uh, diving deeper and deeper into DeFi. Uh, last year, we built a product called RDAI, which was one of the first um, wrappers of DAI. So it was a wrapper that allowed users to redirect the interest of their investments. Uh, this was the first kind of product we built that got some traction in the DeFi space. 
And uh, when we were at Eve Berlin, we were uh, talking to a lot of people about this and other ideas we had, and that's where we met Mike. And we started bouncing around these ideas around uh, programmable interest and interest streams. And we came up with this idea for uh, more generalized streams, right? So if originally RDI was about streaming interest, we started thinking, how can we apply the same technological um, breakthrough that allowed us to stream interest without gas and instead do streaming of money uh, without gas? So we started thinking on how to generalize that. And that's when uh, Superfluid was born. Uh, we went on for a while with our own private professional lives until we decided to start a company and uh, started uh, forming a team around the idea of creating uh, what Superfluid is today. So programmable uh, cash flows, which is in itself a generalization of the idea of uh, streaming money. So we've come a long way, but uh, I feel we're now uh, finally starting to, to see the fruition of a uh, long, long uh, time of work. Uh, that's fantastic, guys. Um, I, I really love how you both of you had the uh, the building, the builder experience, right? You both were building something in the space. And I guess Superfluid Finance right now is like the, you know, the, the, the iteration X, right? Of your earlier ideas in one way or another, right? Including including what you said earlier, uh, Francesco, but the RDI, right? That was just streaming of interest. Now you have this generalized uh, concept of streaming of cash flow. Would you mind telling us a bit more about about that? Maybe uh, you know using a few use cases to illustrate the concept for our listeners. Sure. So basically, Superfluid enables uh, what we've called programmable cash flows, which at a very generic uh, level, essentially means uh, using the blockchain to enforce rules where these rules are more complex than simply saying send money to Harvey, right? So instead of uh, just simply executing transfers, we use the blockchain to execute cash flows. So when you're opening a superfluid stream, what you're doing is you're actually telling the smart contract to transfer money for you every second. So for example, the instruction I send would be send Harvey $1 a second and then the blockchain would execute this. Um, so where we think this uh, makes a lot of sense is for any long-term uh, commitment of uh, a service, for example. So for subscriptions, uh, for software as a service, for donations where you're donating over time to a charity or to a content creator or to a YouTuber, or even uh, more complex financial use cases, like for example, fixed uh, interest loans, or bonds. So there's a lot of uh, different use cases where sending money over time makes sense. And currently, there's no way to do this uh, in a very programmatic way on chain, unless you basically put all the money in your platform and distribute the interest afterwards, which is kind of how all the DeFi platforms do it at the moment. By using Superfluid, you actually distribute to the user's balance in a way which allows them to have instant liquidity. And that's the kind of interesting part of what we're doing. Uh, so so let's see if I understand correctly. Um, you, th this whole idea of constant streaming of a of, uh, certain amount, right? Th this is like a new primitive in, in, in DeFi, 
um, it basically allows people to um, instead of making one-off payments or having um, amount X in their wallet um, before their commitment to something, they could become much more capital efficient by saying that, okay, I only need to have this much to be able to, let's say, uh, I don't know, donate to Gitcoin or that paying for my subscription. And if that, if, if I uh, decide not to do it anymore, I can, I can just uh, shut it off. That, that, that's sort of the, that's the correct, idea? Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. And as you were saying, it's uh, very capital efficient, right? So if you think of a normal transaction where you imagine you're paying for a month worth of a subscription, you have to have a month's worth of the money in order to initiate that subscription. Or the business has to say, you, you can pay me at the end of the month, right? But in any case, you always have to have that amount of capital in your account. Using Superfluid, you don't actually have to have any amount of capital in your account as long as you can afford to pay for what, you're, what you have to pay now. So it's a bit of a roundabout example, but imagine, Harvey, you're receiving a, a salary from your employer uh, directly into your Superfluid uh, account, right? You would be able to redirect that interest to pay for subscriptions, even to donate to Gitcoin, or to maybe invest into a savings account as you receive it without ever having to accumulate any specific amount. So like you said, it's uh, very capital efficient because people could eff effectively operate with zero working capital. Will I, maybe not straight away, but will I maybe be able to have like a, a wallet where, where, where I can receive it and redirect it? Uh, yeah, so Superfluid is an ERC20 token, so you'll be able to see your balance uh, immediately in whatever wallet you're using. We've uh, tested it with uh, the most popular wallets and it works. Uh, what you can't do from a normal wallet is open and close streams because this is a new functionality that's not currently supported yet. But uh, obviously, we, we are building a very simple and clean dashboard from which you will be able to do this. And it will be working on mobile too. So absolutely, you'll be able to open and close streams from wherever you currently manage your crypto assets. I think that's very exciting. That's very exciting. Because imagine you know, some of user cases, right? Um, I know NFT right now, it's, it's a very hot topic. And a lot of the uh, you know discussion has been around how you know blockchain gaming will be able to onboard users, and one of the biggest benefit of blockchain gaming is having your items um, on blockchain, and then you can trade it, sell it, maybe even borrow against it, right? So if you're able to have some sort of wallet or have the functionality um, that you can you know uh, pay towards. Uh, purchasing an item uh, within a certain time frame, or you're renting an item within a certain time frame, that that will be uh, that just open up a whole new, uh, I think, economic design for 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 this whole whole space. But by the way, guys, so so in terms of the uh, uh, the, the 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 project, I was looking at the website, and um, there seem to be two groups of functionalities. One one is called constant flow agreement. Another one is called instant distribution agreement. Um, what are the differences between the two? So uh, the constant flow agreement is uh, what I was describing now. So the streaming money. Uh, it's uh, so sorry. Just to backtrack a bit. Uh, what we're building at Superfluid evolved from just streaming money into a more modular uh, way of issuing uh, tokens on chain. 
So our tokens, apart from the traditional ERC-20 functionalities of transferring and approving our users to transfer for you, also have these new functionalities, which we call agreements. So the first agreement we developed was the constant flow agreement, which is this uh, constant stream of money. The second uh, agreement which we developed is called the instant distribution agreement. So this is a very interesting way of distributing rewards or dividends. So what it does essentially is create a relationship between a publisher and subscribers. So the subscribers are uh, people who are entitled to receive a reward and the issuer, uh, the distributor is uh, entitled to distribute rewards to them. And essentially what the instant distribution agreement does is provide a way to distribute rewards to any number of users at a fixed gas cost on chain. So if you have a hundred users or a million users, it will always cost you a fixed amount to give all of them a reward using a superfluid uh, token. So for example, imagine you're, you have some kind of uh, real estate project where you have to pay interest to everyone who is um, invested in you. Every time you wanna pay interest, you simply go to the chain, post one simple transaction and all of your shareholders, all of your investors immediately receive a proportional amount that they're owed. So I don't know if that uh, was explained properly, but it's a very scalable way of uh, distributing rewards. That is very, very useful because, you know, one of the biggest problems we have right now is that, for example, when when a project that needs to distribute a reward to, to their stakers, right, or liquidity providers, right, they, they're going to have to do these tra transactions one by one, right? Um, but what you're saying is that they could open up, I don't know, X number of streams, right, that would uh, reward these, these uh, uh, send these rewards to all of these, uh, people who are getting the, supposed to get in the rewards and that only costs them one transaction. Yes, exactly. So if you can, if you think of all the liquidity mining that's going on, right? Um, this has actually been a, an issue for quite a while with synthetics, for example. People were always complaining that for anyone with a very small amount, it was never worth it to withdraw their, their staking rewards and they expired. So if they had been using Superfluid, the distribution would have been free, basically, like not free, but uh, one transaction for all the receivers. So it would have been way cheaper and scales much better than uh, uh, on-chain withdrawing. Plus there's the added benefit that uh, the money shows up directly in your wallet, right? Which feels a lot better than having to go and withdraw it from a website, which could be down, could be slow, it could be buggy. Uh, instead, you literally just see the money come into your account and it feels much nicer. I mean, it literally makes the user experience better, right? Because you don't have to go and withdraw, right? You don't have to pay the gas. You don't have to maybe, you know, click buttons. It just appears because they already have this agreement with you. Yes, exactly, exactly. So this kind of gives you the idea of why we call them agreements, right? They are long-term relationships between uh, accounts, which enable these kind of more complex uh, transactions to happen in a very uh, cheap way because they are in some way pre-arranged. Pre right, right, right. I mean, um, I mean, guys, I, I think there are a lot of possible uh, use cases for you, right? And uh, I'm interested in hearing maybe what is your view uh, on, you know, what is the lowest hanging fruit in terms of custom acquisition? There is quite a lot, I would say. Um, we could even, you know, look at things like 
anything that is uh, subscriptions based where you have recurring transactions happening could be a fantastic use case. So for example, we could look at, I don't know if you ever played like CryptoVoxels or Decentraland or any kind of uh, crypto related gaming, um, you might do fantastic things like you could rent out a piece of land and uh, make that piece of land an NFT, for example. And then um, everyone who wants to access that uh, area would need to pay, uh, let's say, a ticket or be on a plan or a subscription plan to enter this kind of private land. And we could even make it such that the owner of the NFT receives rent paid by who wants to use that land to build while also taking part of the proceeds of the people who want to visit that space. So all these use cases, I would say, are enabled. But there is also the subscriptions economy. So for example, if you look at um, a B2B tools that allow you to manage your crypto or our crypto to crypto businesses, then sometimes they are getting paid in uh, these discrete transactions and they have very complicated convoluted ways to make these payments happen. Um, it would be a bit more natural if um, I don't know, access to some services could be embedded into a smart contract also in the form of a recurring payment. And uh, while Ethereum allows you to unlock some functionalities when there is a simple transaction, um, Superfluid allows you to create these subscriptions and unlock content or services um, in reverse to the wallets that actually are streaming. So there are quite a few use cases uh, ranging from gaming to subscriptions to uh, online content creators, um, and everything where today you have a subscription in the real world, um, it could be a stream um, in the crypto world. Uh, I, I haven't played Decentraland, but after our conversation, the first question I'm going to ask you is when can I do this, right? When can I, I'm going to go and play the game, get the land, um, when will I be able to use you guys' functionality? Because I think that's, that's, that's going to be game changing. Because currently, I don't, I don't think people can rent it out, right? You, you can either purchase or, or do a one-off payment. Yeah, at the moment, uh, most of the land in the metaverse is is, uh, is auctioned, right? Um, we think this will be will unlock the next level of potential, right? So the same way, in a sense, DeFi unlocks the potential of uh, crypto assets because it allows you to leverage them more. Uh, we believe if you can now start renting and uh, charging, uh, what is essentially, uh, you know, making a profit on your metaverse investments right it starts making a lot of sense to actually invest more in these networks because it's not about what i will do or it's not about the what price i'll manage to sell it in the future it's about what kind of rent can i charge on this virtual land so for me it's 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 uh, very interesting to see this happen uh, we haven't started uh building on the central land yet there's uh, a lot of lower hanging fruits but we do have some uh, proof of concepts for um NFT related uh, cash flows. So for example, you can have uh, a lot of streams going into an NFT and whoever owns the NFT receives the streams. So you can then trade that NFT and it carries with it whoever, uh, you know, whatever streams it has incoming. So you can imagine, for example, that you have a plot of land, again, in Decentraland or in another metaverse that is currently being rented to, uh, you know, let's say four different uh, creators of some kind, and then you decide to sell this NFT and whoever buys it immediately starts receiving the rent without having to reopen any of those streams. 
So these kinds of use cases, I think, will enable a lot of creativity. And as we know, uh, in crypto land, whenever you put out a new tool, you then have 100 new projects. So we're very excited to see what people build. Uh, on this note, we're actually, uh, we are currently uh, rewarding people who build on Superfluid. We issued some bounties. So if anybody's interested, reach out to us. I, I strongly, strongly encourage anybody who would like to build on this to reach out to you, to the team. Uh, because what you just described there, for me personally, is very exciting. So I think a parallel in the real world, right, is, is that, for example, you know, there is a, some sort of value in, let's say, I don't know, a, a, a property, right? But if you, and, and there are people who are renting it, right? So um, a lot of people in the real life where they would like to have cash flow, right? Uh, they would, you know, buy the property and get the cash flow. Now, what you described there is is like a much simplified transaction um, at a much more broader, I think, uh, category of, of possible items that would produce a cash flow and b uh, where you the, the process of of uh, either purchasing that um, or embedding cash flow into it, it is so much so much easier. Um, I, I'm very I'm personally very very excited about about the prospect. Now you mentioned something, you know, you mentioned a lot of the um, these cool use cases, right? Maybe tell about tell us a little bit about what are some of the challenges you guys are currently facing. Yeah, so uh, currently the the challenges the challenges we're facing. Let's see. So first of all, I'd say uh, security is definitely a, a big challenge. Uh, as you know, there's nothing safe on chain. They recently found a bug in Curve uh, in the Curve contracts, which had been audited. Uh, I think at least three times by three different companies and they still found a bug in them. So obviously as we plan to operate all the cash flows uh, on Ethereum, we, we're taking this very seriously and taking it um, slowly in a sense. So one of the challenges is actually keeping up with all the developers that are currently working on Superfluid because everybody wants us to release on chain and we want to be very, very careful and very, very safe before we do so. Uh, another challenge is obviously integration into existing DeFi, right? So Superfluid uh, tokens work in a, a bit of a different way. They have these new functionalities, which are quite unique in a way. And because of this, it's uh, it's challenging to, to integrate back into existing DeFi, which is based on transactions and is based on one-off um, uh, transfers of value. But uh, there are a few teams uh, that are currently working on ideas on how to do this using Superfluid. So I'm quite excited about it. And I do think uh, we, will we will manage to integrate with the incumbents and potentially some of the incumbents will manage to integrate into us too. So it's very, very exciting to see that happen. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, another way of looking at challenges, you know, is that they are opportunities, right? Once you surmount those obstacles, you'll be able to go to the other side, right? And enjoy the fruition, which is which is the way I, I, I look at uh, challenges, especially with, with new projects uh, in DeFi. And I think what you said there, it totally makes sense. I think, you know, before we go full speed ahead, if we can make sure A, you know, security is watertight, you know, as uh, to the extent that we can make securities watertight, um, you know, do our best effort there. You know, if we can do the integration to existing DeFi project, I think this is, this is a huge field for you guys, right? Huge potential space. And once you can, uh, you know, uh, make sure these two things are done and settled, 
then it will be much easier for you to roll out and scale up. And um, I think that's the basic idea behind behind the uh, you know the the, the work here. Um, I guess let, let's let's try to wrap this up now. It is, I know it's a very interesting uh, topic, but um, you know w- what is the roadmap for you guys? Maybe for the next uh, you know six weeks to three months. Sure. So at the moment, uh, as I mentioned, we're very very focused on security. So engaging with auditors, getting ready to release. At the same time, uh, we're very focused on uh, getting. Uh, our hackers to uh, to build the, the cool use cases we've talked about. So as I mentioned before, we have some bounties out. There are a few teams that are working on Superfluid. And I think for us, it's a, it's a very good opportunity to see where the interest is, right? So which are the use cases that make the most sense and which are the use cases we should uh, develop the protocol towards. So these are the two main focuses for us at the moment. Uh, after this, there are a few more um, developments in the protocol side, which we will uh, start working on to increase, let's say, resilience and uh, stability. But in the end, it's all about building blocks for the community to leverage, right? So increasing that creative space so that developers can then create these amazing experiences, which we haven't seen yet and which unlock potential both for the assets that they leverage, for the communities they build in, and and at the end for the users that that use them, right? So as we mentioned, Superfluid is extremely capital efficient. So we believe whoever creates the first uh, use cases that really use it properly will see amazing value. And this is something that we're extremely excited to see happen very soon. Fantastic, fantastic. I look forward to the progress you guys will be making. And uh, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you and uh, you know get on board with the project probably the best way to engage is always on twitter um i mean we love public conversations um it's, it's good to nail the very essence of what the conversation is about you know make it crowdsourced um so twitter is definitely the best way at the superfluid um lower slash hq which is the official account and then our personal twitters as well if you want to have one once and then we have quite an active community on discord um, at the moment, we are 100% focused on developing and building this infrastructure. So, you know, if um, you consider this could be something that could add to your application or could add to your user experience, then it would be nice to have you in our in our Discord so we could have immediate access to our development team and we could have a conversation at a bit of a deeper level than we usually do on Twitter. Um, and then, of course, we are active on Medium where we actually have some blog posts that detail a little bit the product or more. But yeah, I would say Twitter is always the best. Well, guys, I want everybody who's listening to this to think about maybe what they can do with this critical new tool and get in touch with the team. And uh, lastly, thank you, gentlemen, for coming onto the show today. I appreciate your time and I look forward to welcoming you back onto the podcast again. 